0: Welcome and thanks for listening to the New Life Christian Ministries podcast. If you'd like more information about New Life or for more podcasts and other media, go to newlifexn.org. It's good to see you guys this morning. My name is Pastor Brad. I'm the worship arts pastor here at New Life. And it's a great privilege for me to be able to share with you from the Word of God today. Uh, We are are in the end of a series today. This is part three of a three-part series called Wake Up the Wonder And you know what's amazing is, I love what the scripture tells us that God wants to do for us. It says that God is willing and he is able to do more than we can ask or imagine if we will wake up to his presence. And throughout this series, we've really only had one goal, and that goal has been this, to awaken the wonder of God inside of us so that we don't miss what God has for us to awaken the wonder of God inside of us so that we don't miss what God has for us. And in 2 Peter um, chapter 3 verse 9, it says that God waits for us to wake up to his presence. He patiently waits for us. He wants us to experience his wonder. He wants us to experience his presence every single day. And he is waiting for us to wake up uh, to his presence and and in the first week of this series, we talked about how hard that is for us, particularly as Americans, because wonder does something for us. Wonder actually wakes us up to the presence of God all around us. that 's what wonder does. But in America, we have struggled through four hundred and fifty years of rationalism and enlightenment, so much so that we have had the wonder enlightened out of us. And so it's really hard for us to experience wonder in our lives. It's really hard for us not to sit down and go, well, I think that thing, you know, that miracle that might have happened there, I don't think that's really a miracle or, you know, uh, man, that storm, that storm that we had yesterday here uh, in Western PA was awesome. I loved that storm. It was incredible. Although I was in my office and I don't have any windows in there and I regret that decision every day, um, but I could hear it and, and I went over here and looked out the window. Just so, so incredible. Such incredible power um, in that storm that God created that just, you know, is meant to make us go, wow, you know, how does that thing work? That, that's just, That's incredible. You see, wonder wakes us up to God's presence all around us. And and so we're up against this battle every single day to experience the wonder of God. And what Pastor Chris said last week is so important for us to understand that if we don't have wonder in our life, we will wander away from God. And that's exactly what the enemy wants us to do. He wants us to move away from God. And that's why he's kind of been instilling these ideas, these worldviews, these presuppositions into our culture that, that God doesn't exist and God doesn't work today. And if he does, uh, he only exists in the minds and the hearts of people. And that's it. And so what our culture teaches us is to wander away from God because we don't have the wonder of God in our lives. We have to have the wonder in our lives. We need wonder. Wonder is extremely powerful because it does wake us up to God's presence all around us. And as we talked about the very first week, we we mentioned this um, briefly, but this is where we're gonna kind of focus our minds and our hearts today, and that's this. We cannot fully engage in worship if we don't have wonder. We cannot fully engage in worship if we don't have wonder, but we can gain wonder by engaging in worship. We can gain wonder by engaging in worship. And today we're going to dig deep and we're going to learn how worship wakes us up to God's wonder and sets us free to experience his transformational power and presence in tangible ways. That's what we're going to do today. You know, we, we're going, what we're going to discover is that we worship God because he is wonderful, God is wonderful. In fact, that's our take-home point for today. If you're new here, if this is your first time, you just need to know we have like one point that we try to make in our messages, and this is it. And if you have your outline inside your uh, connection, I would encourage you to pull that out. It's in there for our benefit, and uh, I would encourage you. It's the very first thing up here to fill in. And you know, if you'll do this, and you take these things home uh, and live them out, God will will change uh, you and me if we'll do that together. So I would encourage you to do that today. So we worship because God is wonderful. God is wonderful. You know, what's amazing is that God is is so wonderful, and we can see that just in his creation. It's part of his character. It's part of his nature. You know, God didn't have to create the ocean with as many species of fish as he did, but he did that because he's wonderful. He did that because he's creative. He did that because he, he loves to create. He loves to create wonder in the world. And the thing that we have to understand is this, and it's the first thing on your outline. The first, uh, the outline part number one says this: wonder breaks our cultural indifference and wakes us up to God's presence all around us. Wonder breaks our cultural indifference and wakes us up to God's presence all around us. Wonder is powerful. When we see something that's just you know wonderful, like I don't know if you've ever been to the Niagara Falls. Anybody ever been there? You probably. You know, it's so awesome. I mean, my parents used to take me there way too many times as a kid, so I understand that things kind of lose their awe factor, but I can remember when I was little and just seeing the power, and for some insane reason, my mom and dad would let me climb up on that um, cement part and like lean over, and I think my dad was probably like, whoops, you know, (laughs) just kidding. My dad loves me. He really does, but you know, I would lean over, and I would go, man, that is so powerful, and this water is just crashing down over this huge cliff. And it is just such a, an awe-inspiring experience. And, you know, God creates those moments for us so that we can go, wow. And so that we can ask, you know, how does that work? I mean, why, do, why does Niagara Falls exist? I mean, that's just, that's crazy. And I know that's not the, the biggest falls in the, in the world, but, but it is really awesome. But I think more importantly, the question is why? Why do they exist? And then when we, once we get past why, then I think we can ask the question who? Who did all of this or created this to, to work like this? Or why does water flow like that? You know, it's just so incredible. Wonder has the power to break our cultural indifference, it really does. And that's something that we've been been trying to help all of us understand throughout this series. The second thing that wonder does is this. Wonder sets us free to worship. Wonder sets us free to worship. Because wonder breaks the cultural indifference and wakes us up to God's presence, it can set us free to worship. But here's the deal. We often miss it. We often miss it. We miss the opportunity for wonder to ask the questions why and how and who. And and because our culture has said, listen, it happens because ice, you know, a storm happens because ice particles move up and down. They crash against each other. Rain pours out. And, you know, it's just nourishing the ground, whatever it's meant to do that. You know, we rationalize everything. But really, it's a miracle. (laughs) You know, it really is how everything holds together and everything works. I'm amazed that every time I jump up into the air, which is not often, Um, maybe not ever since I passed 25, but anyway, you know, I always come back down. I don't float off into space. The law of gravity exists. God created that. It's a wonderful thing. Wonder sets us free to go, wow. It can lead us directly into God's presence in that moment if we will wake up to it. See, the thing we have to understand is the best way to gain wonder is by engaging in worship. That's number three. We can gain wonder by engaging in worship. We can gain wonder by engaging in worship. So really what this series has, has been about is, is to teach us how do we get that wonder back into our lives? Because 450 years is a long time. That's a long time for words to become thoughts and thoughts to become actions and actions to become habits and habits to become values you know, we talked about that the first week, and, and then that those, those values are transferred from generation to generation. So it's really hard for us to, to, to really regain this wonder. So how, how do we do it? And it happens through worship. So we have to ask the question then, what is worship? What is worship? Well, worship is just simply this. Worship is, is an attitude and an action offering, uh, offering honor and adoration to God. That's what worship really is. Worship is both an attitude and an action offering honor and adoration to God. God is the most wonderful being in the universe. Therefore, only he deserves our worship. Look what the author of Psalm 89 said. Here's what he said about God. Beginning in verse five, it says this. All heaven will praise your great wonders, Lord. Myriads of angels will praise you for your faithfulness. For who in all of heaven can compare with the Lord. What mightiest angel is anything like the Lord? The highest angelic powers stand in awe of God. He is far more awesome than all who surround His throne. Only God deserves worship because He is the most awesome being in the whole universe. And you know what I, I think is so incredible about this passage, and I'm so thankful that the writer wrote this down. As he said, "Who in heaven is like You?" Do you notice what's missing there? Earth. He doesn't even say who on earth is like you because there is nobody on earth like him. Who in heaven is like you? No one. God is the most wonderful being in the whole everything that exists. Earth and heavens. God is the most wonderful. So therefore, only he deserves our worship. And you know, it's amazing what God has done for us. It really is because of how wonderful he is and how creative he is. In fact, I want to just give us a picture to help us understand how amazing God is. Check out this galaxy. This is, um, this is the Andromeda galaxy. This galaxy is 2.5 million light years away from the Milky Way galaxy, which is where our solar system exists. And here's the amazing thing about that, 2, 2.5 million light years away from us, okay? A light year is, is <laughs> this number's just nuts, 9.4607 by 10 to the 12th power uh, a distance from us. That's how far it is. It's about 6 trillion miles. That's about how many miles a light year is. And, and they, they get that by, by um, timing how long it takes light to travel in a year. Okay, so it's about 6 trillion miles. So you, you want to figure out that, that this galaxy is 2.5 million times 6 trillion miles. And guess what? That's the closest galaxy to ours. That's like our next-door neighbor. <laughs> you know, you wave across, the, the, I guess, the cornfield <laughs> to that galaxy. It's so far away. It's so far away from ours. It, it's, it's just incredible. But I want to show you this galaxy... This galaxy here is GN-Z11. Look at that thing. Isn't that beautiful? This image is actually astonishing, to be honest with you. This image was taken in 2016 by the Hubble Space Telescope. And uh, the amazing thing about this is that 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 particular galaxy is the, the furthest galaxy from our galaxy that we know of at this point. This galaxy is 32 billion light years away from us. So you take 32 billion, multiply that times 6 trillion, that's how many miles it is away from us. So Pastor Chris did the math on this last night, right? It was uh, the first one is 22.5 quintillion miles. 22.5 quintillion miles. The first okay. One. Not, this one. Not this one, the first one. So you have to get a Cadillac to get, to get to that one. Okay. For this one, you have to have a Beamer. All right. <laughs> SpaceX will work on that, and I'm looking forward to it. We'll see what happens. It's crazy. It's crazy the distance from our galaxy to this galaxy. You know, it's it's amazing. They can't even, like, they have to look at this in terms of of red shift. That's actually how they, they measure the distance to these galaxies because light shifts from one spectrum to another as it travels, and red is the longest wavelength, so anything that has red is really, really far away from us when we look into outer space. So they have to actually determine this by, by its redshift. And, and that's just such an amazing thing. But that is the furthest galaxy from us, 32 billion times 6 trillion miles. That's crazy, crazy, crazy far. But, do you know, the, most, the crazier thing about that is this. In Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 12, the prophet Isaiah said, <laughs> this, is, this will blow your mind. Okay? If this isn't wonderful, you should probably leave. Um, God has, has measured off the heavens between his thumb and his pinky. Isn't that awesome? I mean, come on. That is so incredible that between his thumb and his pinky, he's holding our galaxy, GN-Z11, and then any other galaxies that are beyond that that we don't even know about yet. In all... Of everything God has created, he fits between his thumb and his pinky. And you know what's even more incredible about that? Is that when we looked at that image of that galaxy, scientists say that when you look at that image, because, you know, light has to travel a distance to get to us, and it travels in terms of years, that when we look at that, we're actually looking at an image that is 13.2 billion years old. That's, that's crazy. We actually, when we see that image, we are looking into the past. Do you know what that means, guys? Everybody do this. Put your your hand out like this, okay? Now flip it around like this. God doesn't just have the whole world in his hands. He has everything he's ever created and all of history. It's right here. But there's something even more astonishing than that. If God is that big, why does he have anything to do with us who... Can't even tell where we exist in his hand. And yet, do you know what King David said? Here's what he said. In Psalm 145, verse 18, the Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, to all who call on him in truth. Guys, God is so big, and yet he is right here. I don't care really how big God is. I really don't. What's more amazing to me, what's more wonderful to me, is that he is right here with me in this moment. That means more to me than anything else because honestly my brain can't comprehend the distance of our galaxy to another galaxy. But do you know what I can comprehend is the love of God here with me. You know I love what Paul tells the Athenians in a discussion he's having and he, he says you know he noticed that they had a <laughs> they had this idol that they worshiped to to an unknown god. And Paul says, hey, 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 I know that God. And here's what he says. He is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples. And human hands can't serve his needs, for he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything, and he satisfies every need. From one man, he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. His purpose was for the nations to seek after God and per- perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Now, this is incredible. God who created everything, Paul says. Then he says this. Though he is not far from any one of us. God created everything. And David, King David said, he's right here with us. And the apostle Paul says, he's right here with us. And then verse 28. For in him we live and move and exist. Everything that we are, everything that we will ever be, God has done. God has created. Before the foundations of everything were created, God knew that we would exist in this time. He is the most wonderful being in the world, and he alone deserves our worship. So the question remains, how then do we engage in worship? How do we engage in worship in such a way that that it will capture wonder in our lives? Well, the scripture gives us some pretty clear ways, but I want to focus on one very specific one, and it comes from Psalm 136. So if you have a Bible or a Bible app, I'd encourage you to open up here because this is where we're going to spend the rest of our time. Psalm 136. If you don't have that, that's all right. It'll be on the screen for you as well to follow along. Now, this is a long passage. We're actually going to read all of it, but I want you to, to understand and comprehend how we engage in worship and why that matters. Here's what it says, in verse 1. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods, his faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, his faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who alone does mighty miracles, his faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who made the heavens so skillfully. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who placed the earth among the waters. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who made the heavenly lights between his pinky and his thumb. His faithful love endures forever. The sun to rule the day. His faithful love endures forever. The moon and the stars to rule the night. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who killed the firstborn of Egypt. His faithful love endures forever. He brought Israel out of Egypt. His faithful love endures forever. He acted with a strong hand and a powerful arm. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who parted the Red Sea. His faithful love endures forever. He led Israel safely through. His faithful love endures forever. But he hurled Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who led his people through the wilderness. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who struck down mighty kings. His faithful love endures forever. He killed powerful kings. His faithful love endures forever. Sihon, king of the Amorites, his faithful love endures forever. And Og, king of Bashan, his faithful love endures forever. God gave the land of these kings as an inheritance. His faithful love endures forever. A special possession to his servant Israel, his faithful love endures forever. He remembered us in our weakness. His faithful love endures forever. He saved us from our enemies. His faithful love endures forever. He gives food to every living thing. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His faithful love endures forever. Let's pray. Father, thank you that your faithful love endures forever. Thank you that we know that and can experience that. Thank you that you are so big and yet you are right here with us. God, that is amazing. Help us, God, to to engage you, to worship you. And God, fill us with wonder as we do that so that we can experience the joy and the wonder of your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the one thing that is very clear in this passage is that if we want to engage God in worship and experience the wonder of his presence, that we have to approach God the right way. We actually have to approach him with an attitude of gratitude. How many times did the author say, give thanks? He begins and he ends with it. That's always important in scripture. Give thanks. Why? Because God did all of this stuff. God made the way. God is the way. Give thanks because God loves you. And listen, if, if you're in here today and you don't know Jesus um, as your Lord and Savior, you need to understand something. We're so glad you're here. We're, there's, there's no better place for you to be than right here today. Because what we're going to learn is that God has given it all to be right with us and not just with us but to be inside of us living and leading us. But if you are a believer in here today, then these next three things that we're going to talk about are really, really important when it comes to engaging in worship. Because these three things, oftentimes, we neglect. But if we will practice these things, if we will do these three things, here's what I believe. I believe that God will wake up the wonder inside of us so much so that he's going to do things in and through us that we couldn't ask, that we couldn't imagine. He is willing and able to do it if we'll get out of the way. And so let's look at them today. So the very first thing that we must do to engage God in worship and experience the wonder of his presence is this, and it's found in verse 23. Respond to God's promise. Respond to God's promise. Here's what verse 23 said. He remembered us in our weakness. Why? Because his faithful love endures forever. God remembered us, in our weakness. Now, the author is writing to the Israelites, and that makes sense, okay? Because God delivered them from Egypt and brought them into this land that he had promised to them. But the, the, the cool thing about Scripture is that the Scripture really all revolves around Jesus, and that promise, uh, the Scripture says, is now not just for the, is- uh, the people of Israel, it is for everyone who will believe in Jesus. Everyone who believes in Jesus can receive God's promise. And what is that promise? That we will be with him now and forever. You see, the decisions we make now, they matter for eternity. So what decisions we make now, they matter for eternity because there's no opportunity in eternity that we can see from the Scripture where we get an opportunity to turn back to Jesus after this life is over. So this is all we have. To make this response. So we have to respond to God's promise. We need to respond to God's promise. And then he can do things in and through us. That that he planned before the foundation of the world. That we would do. That we would walk a certain way. In obedience to him. That we would accomplish things for him. And in his presence. For the kingdom of God. God wants us to experience that. But here's the problem. There's sin in our lives. And sin separates us from God because God cannot put up with sinners forever. In fact, in the kingdom of God, there is no sin. It doesn't exist. There will be an end to all things. And in the end, there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And guess what? There isn't sin there. It's a glorious place where God's presence dwells and where we will be with him forever if we will believe in him. But here's the deal. We have to respond to God's promise. What is his promise? His promise is this, that if we will believe in Jesus that God sent him to live a life that we could not live. We could not meet his standard of perfection. (laughs) That's very evident in my life. I'm sure it's very evident in your life. We need a savior. And so Jesus came and he lived a life we couldn't live. And then he went to the cross and he died a death on the cross that you and I should have died. And he took on our sin there. And in that moment, he paid the penalty for our sin. Because Paul says the penalty of sin is death. Jesus paid the penalty right there on the cross. And then he was buried. And three days later, this is what's so amazing. God raised him back to life. And Jesus overcame sin and death forever. And now he can offer us a brand new life. And he does offer that to anybody who will believe, Jesus said. All you have to do is believe to receive. And the scripture says that when we believe, we get to put on a garment it's like putting on like a coat, a trench coat that covers all of us. That, so that when God sees us, that garment is, is Jesus' righteousness. He, he looks at us and he doesn't see us anymore. He sees Jesus. And so what does he do? He welcomes us into his family. I love what the Apostle John said in John chapter 1. He said that when we believe, we are adopted into his family. We're adopted in his family. That means we become sons and daughters of the most high, of the most glorious and wonderful being that has ever existed. This God who fits everything between here and here, (laughs) we're part of his family. How awesome is that? Don't miss it. God wants that for you. God wants that for me. He wants that for your friends. He wants that for your family. We have to respond to God's promise. But here's the deal, guys. If you are a follower of Jesus in here today, you need to understand God's promise doesn't just stop at salvation. There is so much more beyond salvation. Jesus said he came that we might have life and have it to the full. So it starts here with receiving salvation, but it goes so much more. There's so much more that God wants us to experience, infinitely more, the apostle Paul said, more than we can ask, more than we can think, more than we can imagine. The question is, do we believe it? Our culture has said, "Listen, get your get out of hell free card and just cruise the rest of your life." That's not what God's calling us to. God's saying, "Listen, I paid for you to be a part of my family, and I have so much more for you. That's more. (laughs) That's that's just as wonderful as that, and I want you to live into it. But you gotta, you gotta get out of your own world." and you have to walk with me. And when you come to worship me, you have to believe. You see, our responding to God's promise is an ongoing faithfulness to him. We're gonna believe God. We're going to believe God. We're going to follow him. We're going to do whatever he tells us to do. We're going to go wherever he tells us to go. We are going to believe that he has more, infinitely more for us than we can ask or imagine. But the problem is most Americans don't do that. But I believe that God is calling this church to step into something that is incredible for the future. And so that when, when everything is all said and done and New Life Christian Ministries no longer exists on the earth, hopefully because Jesus came back, I hope it's because we did an incredible job of telling people about Jesus and telling them about the life and the wonder they can experience in following him. So we need to respond to God's promise. Then the second thing is this. Remember God's protection. Verse 24, he saved us from our enemies. His faithful love endures forever. We need protection. I don't know if you know this or not. This is really, really important, especially if if you're a follower of Jesus in here today, you need to wrap your mind around this a little bit. The Scripture says that before we believe in Jesus, we are enemies of God. And just so you know, God is our greatest enemy in our natural state. Why? Why? Because in the end, after this life is over, when he judges us, he's going to cast us into hell because of our sinful nature. Our sin already condemns us before God. We might not ever say, God, I hate you. God, I don't want anything to do with you. We might not ever speak those words, but our actions will demonstrate that just naturally. It just happens because of the sinful nature that exists. So our greatest enemy is not what we think. It's not our finances. It's not the person that we think wants to hurt us. It's God himself. Because he is the one who has the power, not just to destroy the body, but to cast the soul into hell forever. That's what the scripture says. But thank God he sent Jesus. Thank God he sent Jesus, because when we believe in Jesus... And he looks at us and he welcomes us into his family. That means we get to spend now and forever with him. But do you know, the most amazing thing is, as part of God's family, we have access to his power, to his presence, to his passion. You know, I think, as I said the first week, I think one of the most detrimental things that this society, if it were to look around and look at Christians, it would go, I don't think God exists because these Christians live with no power. They live with no presence. They live with no passion. Why? Because wonder is dead. We need God to stir the wonder inside of us so that we experience his presence, so that we can have his power, so we can pass on his passion to the world and for the world. So when we come into worship, when we are, are offering honor and adoration to God, It's because we're responding to his presence. We're going to believe him for more. And we're thanking him for his protection from himself. And because now we're part of his family, we do have an enemy, Satan. And he's coming after us, but God is more powerful than he. God has already destroyed his his authority. It's gone through the cross. So we do have that protection. And we can live into that and we can accept it if we'll get out of the way and we will engage it. Then the last thing is this. If we want to engage God in worship and experience the wonder of his presence, we must rely on God's provision. Verse 25. He gives food to every living thing. His faithful love endures forever. God cares for those who love him. Jesus one time had a discussion about worry I don't know about you, but I've been known to worry from time to time. And, and Jesus said, listen, listen, guys, God loves you so much. He doesn't want you to spend your time worrying on earth. He wants you to spend your time on mission. He wants you to spend your time experiencing this wonder that he has created so that we can have his presence, so that we can go and do the things and step into the things and believe him for the things that, that, that he has given us to do. Don't worry about those things. It's a distraction. Jesus said, don't worry about the clothes you're going to wear. Don't worry about the food you're going to eat. Now, on, if we're honest, how many of us spend time, uh, probably more time than we should thinking about it? Don't raise your hand. Thinking about that, right? You know what Jesus actually said about that? He said, stop it. That's what the world does. It's like my dad. I can hear my dad's voice there. Knock it off, right? But Jesus is more loving than that. Jesus says, listen, guys, that's what the world does, but you're not, you're not, you're not of the world. You are of me now when you believe. And God's got your back. I like to say it this way, God's got this. He knows your financial needs. He knows your relational needs. He knows your work needs. He knows your emotional needs. That's the amazing thing about God because he's in us. He doesn't just work externally. He works internally. So that anxiety, um, that fear, um, that anger, that resentment, he can deal with that because he is powerful and he is inside of us working and bringing us to what I love the scripture says, completion to perfection. God wants to do that for us. We just have to rely on his provision. We have to believe that he wants to do that in us. But he will if we'll get out of the way. Listen, sometimes it comes in the way not that we ever planned or thought. And God just will do it if we will trust him and get out of the way. So if we want to engage God in worship and experience the wonder of his presence, we must respond to God's promise, remember God's protection, and rely on God's provision. Respond to God's promise, remember God's protection, and rely on God's provision. And you know what's amazing? When we think about all these things, and when we engage with all these things, do you know what happens? We won't be able to approach him with dullness. We're going to come in to his gates with thanksgiving and with joy. It's a response to his goodness, to his faithfulness. That's why the author did this call and response in that, give thanks to the Lord. Why? Because his faithful love endures forever. Thank God his love endures forever. My love certainly doesn't. <laughs> For kids, I can guarantee you that it ends about one fifteen today. But God's love endures Forever. His faithful love endures forever. So we come to him with an attitude of gratitude as the author completes it in verse 24 or 26. He says, give thanks to the God of heaven, the God who can fit everything between his thumb and his pinky. Give thanks to him because at every, any second he could go like this. Guess what happens then? We're no longer here. But because he is faithful, he will never do that. He will come through on his promises. So we worship God because he is wonderful. God is willing and able to do more than we can ask or imagine. And he wants that for us if we will step into it. God is wonderful, guys. And he wants us to experience that wonder in our lives every day. So as we go out of here today, I want to encourage us to live out this commitment together. I will worship God because he is wonderful this week. I will worship God because he is wonderful this week. If we will engage God by remembering his promise, responding, responding to it, remembering his protection, and relying on his provision, we will experience an awakening like we've never had before in our life. And we will not be able to help but worship God as we step into the things that he has planned for us to do. From before the foundations of the earth, before he ever did anything between his thumb and his pinky. God wants us to live into that every moment of every day. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you... (laughs) I love what the Apostle Paul said. We live and we exist because of you and in you and through you. God, everything that was created was created by you. You are so wonderful. And God, today we just pray that you will awaken that in our lives as as we respond to your promise, as we remember your protection, and as we rely on your provision. Father, I pray your presence will so stir our hearts that we will not be able to help but worship you because of how awesome you are, because of how high above you are and yet so close. God, today, if there are any in here who for, for the first time want to say yes to you, who want to believe in you, God, right now, I just pray with them that they would receive you in this moment as they trust you as their Lord and Savior and invite your presence into their life. God, meet them where they are and take them on this incredible um, walk and adventure following you. And God, for those of us in here who are believers, I pray you would stir the wonder as we engage in worship. Stir it up, God. Do something that you have never done before here. In Jesus' name, amen.